Hi, I'm Ben Pilgreen, lead pastor of Epic Church in San Francisco, and I want to welcome you to the podcast. Our vision here is to see an increasing number of people in San Francisco orient their entire lives around Jesus. But whether you're listening in from the city that we love here by the bay or wherever you might happen to be in the world today, I want you to know that I'm excited about what God is doing in your life and what he's doing in our Epic Church community. I hope you'll find this message encouraging and that it will inspire you to take your next steps along your faith journey. All right, well, good morning. Glad everyone's here this morning. And let me just start right off the bat with a confession. Like, well, I wasn't expecting that. Okay, here we go. Here's my confession. In preparing for teaching this morning, over the last few weeks, I actually ended up writing two different sermons. One, that was pretty straightforward. There's a pretty straightforward continuation of the teaching that we're in right now, which is in Paul's letter to the church at Colossae. And in that version, um, I would have gotten up here, and, and as you may have, if you're familiar at all with any of my teaching, maybe you are expecting something like that today, some jokes, some pop culture references, some esoteric kind of connection to science or history or art, and we would have left feeling happy and enlightened. Or there's a very different way I could go and share a different version that's more challenging and more thought-provoking and maybe a little bit more serious. So we could go with the safe version or the scary version. And over the past week, I've been wrestling with which version is the right one to bring to you this morning. I've been thinking about it and praying and inviting our leadership team here at Epic into that conversation and, 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 and trying to understand, God, which way would you have me go? And in thinking about it and praying about it and, quite frankly, wrestling with it, God revealed to me that, hey, this is exactly what all of us as Christians are going through right here, right now in 2023. You see... There's a, there's a real tension because we could live a very safe, very low-key, very quiet, very private faith that doesn't challenge anyone else or, quite frankly, even challenge ourselves. Or we could live this dangerous faith, this faith that provokes and causes us to think and act and change out of the shadows and fully live the way in which God has called us to live. Now, we live in very interesting times, do we not? Right? We live in times where the decisions and the actions and the choices that are out of step with God, those are the things that are celebrated and they're out in full view of the public. While the decisions and actions and choices that are in alignment with God, we keep hidden inside and keep very private. So why is this the case? Why, why do we live in this tension today? Well, I think there are two loud voices seeking to capture our attention. One voice I'm calling the voice of society. 
This voice of society is telling us what? It's telling us there are multiple truths. It's telling us there are multiple realities. It's telling us there are multiple choices for everything. And that you and I, we have the freedom to choose whatever we want to choose without any restrictions. There's the other voice. And if you're a Christian, you hear that voice. And I believe even if you're not a Christ follower, you also hear this voice because it's God speaking through his spirit. And that voice is the voice of the creator. That voice is the voice of the Holy Spirit that Pastor Will just invited in to speak to us here. And in that voice, that voice is telling us what? That there's one truth. That there is one reality. That there is one choice. And in that one choice, there's abundant freedom. Now, Going back in time, getting my time machine and go back. I won't tell you how long. Well, I will tell you. Three decades. When I was at the University of Texas at Austin. Any Longhorns in the house? Mrs. Sun's back. Oh, Mrs. Sun's in the, in the, uh, in the baby room today. Okay. Hook them, right? Okay. Glad others survived as we did, right? And the main building on campus carved in stone is John 8, 32. And when I was an undergrad, way before I gave my life to Christ, I'd walk past that main building and look at it all the time. If you're not familiar, it's the truth shall set you free, right? Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. I was like, that's kind of cute. It's kind of interesting, kind of fun. Cool little thing to kind of look at while you're on your way to class. And it wasn't until many years later when I came to faith that I realized that God's truth does set us free. And if you know the truth, in the truth there's freedom. And so this dilemma, right, this dilemma that we have, do, do we listen to which voice? Do we listen to the voice of society? Or do we listen to the voice of God? That feels super relevant to us today, here in 2023. But the, the actuality is it's not a new challenge. It's the same challenge that we see from the very beginning of human history. In the garden, Adam and Eve had to choose, right? They had to choose. Do they listen to the voice of the serpent or they listen to the voice of God? It's a choice. And they had to ask themselves, just as we'll see in the scripture for today in the church in Colossians, And just as we'll see and feel right here, right now in 2023 at Epic Church, you have to choose. And you have to ask yourself some questions. What's the source of the voice I'm listening to? What is that voice telling me? And how will I respond? How will I respond? As we continue in our summer study, we're in the book of Colossians, as I mentioned. And we see this dilemma in action. And so today's message I'm entitling, What Are You Rooted In? What Are You Rooted In? If you wouldn't mind standing with me, what we're going to do is go through the verses for today. If you've got your Bible with you, old school printed Bible like my friend Rachel does, good on you, right? Old school Bible people, open up to Colossians. Your new school Bible people on your phone, you can do it from the Epic app or you can do it from your Bible app or... 
It'll be on the screen as well. We're in chapter 2. We're going to do verses 1 through 8. Let's continue Paul's letter here. Chapter 2, verse 1. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. Verse 2. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom all are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Paul continues, he says, I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I'm absent from you in body, I'm present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you receive Jesus Christ, our Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Here it is, the money verse for the day. Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. And then Paul concludes this section by saying, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and on the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. I pray today's message connects with you and speaks to you and that you feel coming out of this morning convicted to really think deeply about what are you rooting yourself in? Go ahead and have a seat. Thanks. Let me just do a quick recap for those of you who haven't been with us. And if you haven't been with us in this sermon series, I highly encourage you to go back and watch. We're only, this is week four, so you're not that far behind. I'd really encourage you to to, to watch Pastor Ben and Pastor Will teach. They've taught through in the last three weeks the first chapter of Apostle Paul's letter to the church at Colossae. And we're going to continue onward this summer. In chapter one, as Pastor Ben and Pastor Will have taught, Paul is making a very clear and very direct argument in his teaching that the foundation of Christianity is Christ, full stop. It's not Christ and something else. It's not Christ and this extra stuff. It's Christ and Christ alone. That all we need is Christ. And, and, and some of the teaching included, hey, there's God the Father, there's God the Son, there's God the Spirit, this triune God, how does that work? I'd encourage you to go back two weeks to listen to Pastor Will's teaching on that. And, and really just, hey, we're to place our faith and trust in God and God alone. So now in chapter two, in these first few verses, Paul is sharing, hey, why is this hard? Why is this super challenging to do? And I think the reason is because of these competing voices that we talked about a few moments ago. Paul starts by saying, look, you're not alone, right? There are these other churches. There's these other churches. There's the church of Colossae. There's this other church. There's these other Christians. There's this other church called Epic, right? We're, 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 we're together in this struggle. There are these Christians that are out there who are struggling like you are. But he states very clearly in verses two and three 
that the knowledge of the mystery of God are hidden, are hidden in the wisdom and knowledge of God. God the Father and God the Son. So Paul's saying very simply, if you have questions, which you likely do, you don't need to understand everything about this world and why they are the way they are. But you have to be careful because the temptation is to seek answers to these questions not from God, but from man. So why do we do this? Why do we seek the answers to godly questions from everyone else but God? Why do we do that? We, 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 we do this. We have questions. We wonder why the world is the way it is. We wonder about the choices and the actions and decisions that are before us. And what do we do? We don't trust God. We, maybe we trust ourselves. We start there. I, I, I'm going to figure it out. Let me do some figuring here. Let me take my lived experience on this earth and try to sort through things that, quite frankly, are pretty hard to sort through. But I'm pretty smart. I can figure this out. Or maybe we fall into the zeitgeist of the time. Right? Maybe we're going a little chat GPT. Let me put in the meaning of life questions into that guy. That dude knows the answers to everything, right? In this era of unsolicited advice, we have to be careful. If you ask people a question, they'll give you an answer. A lot of times, before you even ask them a question, they'll give you an answer. If you do a search online for something, what do you uncover? You uncover a bunch of articles about the hidden secrets around three things, and it's not what you thought. So we have to ask ourselves, what are the sources of truth that we're looking for? Paul warns us about listening to persuasive words, right? He warns us about listening to philosophies and empty deceit among the traditions of men according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. And to be clear, let me, let me just make this very honest with you. The voices of society that are out there, they're super appealing. They're super interesting. They sound like they've discovered the mysteries. They've uncovered and solved all the challenges. And so as you think about this and as you hear this, my challenge to you is to ask yourself, what are you trying to figure out right now on your own? What are you trying to figure out right now on your own? All of us are trying to figure stuff out. What is it? And you're trying to figure it out on your own. Instead of listening to our own voice or the voice of society, the voice we should be listening to is right here with us in the form of the Holy Spirit. So let, let me put back on the screen verses 6 and 7, just to dial that up a little bit. In verse 6, Paul writes, So then, just as you received Jesus Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. You see, we're to live our lives in Christ. We're, we're to be rooted and built up in Christ, strengthened by our faith, overflowing with thankfulness. So how do we do this? How can we be rooted and built up in Christ? 
I think the first thing is we have to understand that the rooting comes first. The first thing to understand is that the rooting comes first. Too often we care too much about what we're building up without taking the time to make sure we have the right foundation. Last week, Pastor Ben talked about the process we're undergoing as we construct our new church home on 414 Brandon. And he shared, hey, where we are with the whole process. And right now, we're at the foundation process. Right now, we're at the process of making sure the foundation of that building is strong and sturdy. In case you didn't know, maybe you're visiting, a thing called earthquakes can happen here sometimes. A little bit of additional nuance, maybe Pastor Will and Mrs. Mraza will teach this on the prayer night. A lot of San Francisco is on shaky ground. It's on, it's on sand, <laughs> So we've got to make sure as we build out our new church home that our foundation is strong physically, right? And I think in the same way, before we build up the things in our life, you've got to make sure that you've got a strong foundation. Or in the analogy that Paul's using here, strong roots, that you're strongly rooted in order to grow. But here's the thing, because what gets built up in us is the thing that's visible to everybody else, we oftentimes place a greater emphasis on what's built up. And so the question is, are you more concerned about what you're building up than what you're rooted in? Now, a good friend recently told me that there's only three things that you can be rooted in. Three and only three. You can be rooted in your fear. You can be rooted in your ego or you could be rooted in your faith. Fear, ego, faith, only three options. And, and, and I can relate to all of them, right? As you probably can as well. Let's think about fear. Fear's real. Let's be clear on this, fear is real. And there's a lot to be fearful of. What's gonna happen to the economy? What's gonna happen to our city? What if I lose my job? What if I get sick? What if someone that I care for gets sick? What, what, what if, if, if for the parents in the room, hey, what will the future of my kids be like? What about their schooling and how they'll grow up and to be adults? Many of us here might be entrepreneurs. Hey, what if I can't find a backer for my idea? There's a lot of things that we can be fearful of. And I want to be clear on that, that, hey, look, these are worthy things to be concerned about. These are worthy things to be in prayer about. But, but here, if you build your life and what gets built up out of your life is rooted in fear, I can't help but think that whatever is built up is going to be weak and frail. So let's think about the other path, the second option, right? The, the path of going all on our own. I want to be rooted in my own ego. Now, most of us would never say that. But what would we say? What would we say? I'm simply going to do the work. I will pay the price. I will make the choices that I want to make. If it is to be, it's up to me. And a lot of us are really smart, and a lot of us are really talented, and a lot of us might be really gifted, and all those kinds of things. And so, hey, maybe being rooted in this way might actually allow you to build up some things. 
right? Maybe being rooted in this egotistical way might allow you to build up a big platform. It might allow you to, hey, build up a company or a career. It might allow you to build up a lot of financial resources in your bank account for a while, for a while. Because when the strong winds blow, one bad decision, maybe not even a decision you made, but someone else did, one wrong choice, one misstep, one tough break, the whole house of cards comes tumbling down. And you may have lived this experience as well. Likely we all have at some point in time. I think it's always better to be rooted in godly things than to be built up in worldly things. I would much rather be rooted in godly things than to be built up in worldly things. And so Paul tells us that we've got to be rooted in faith. Our faith in Christ is the thing that allows us to be built up in a way that endures, in a way that lasts, in a way that's eternal. Now, being rooted in our faith in Christ, right here, right now in 2023, right here, right now in San Francisco, may not be the most popular thing. But it is the thing that will last for eternity. Because when the wind does howl, when finances do get tight, when the company fails, when the diagnosis seems bleak, when the relationship sours, whatever's built up in you is going to be tested. And it will remain if it's rooted in Christ, in those strong roots. Our family loves living in this area we love this city, but we also love the topography and geography around us. We love doing outdoor things in nature. Many of you do as well. And you've likely done some things where you've seen these giant redwood trees. Maybe you've done the touristy thing, gone to Mere Woods. Maybe you've done the thing where you've just gone into Golden Gate Park. And you see these massive trees. I think they're among the most majestic living organisms on earth. And they grow to hundreds of feet tall. And they live for hundreds of years. And the thing that allows them to do that are their roots. Their roots. Now you'd think on one hand, hey, a tree that tall, its roots have got to be super deep. And that is not the case with redwood trees. Redwood trees' roots are shallow and wide. But they are interconnected with other redwood trees. They don't stand alone. They stand and live in community. They live in community with each other. They support each other through the storms of life, through the fires and the winds and whatever else comes at them. And, and I think you could say that they live in love. They live in love for each other. And I think it's an amazing image to think about how God wants us to live. God wants us to live in community with each other in love. With the love of God unlocking our love for each other, and then allowing us to literally connect to each other in the way in the wetwood trees roots do. Now, I know I said I wasn't going to do any pop culture references, but you know, I can't resist, right? So here we go. The Irish poet, 
Paul Hewson. He, he more commonly is known as Bono of the group U2. He wrote a song in the 1980s called Pride in the Name of Love. Pride in the Name of Love. And that song, if it's not familiar to you, I highly recommend listening to it on Spotify. I'm highly encouraging Pastor Seth to add that to his covers and churro playlist. Brother, please, that would be great. Um, it's a great song. And if you know it, you're probably already thinking about what it sounds like in your head, but remember the chorus of that song. And, and, and Houston builds this, the first two-thirds of the song. You hear this over and over again, in the name of love, in the name of love. What more in the name of love? It's repeated, in the name of love, in the name of love. What more in the name of love? And then Houston makes a little bit of a pivot. He, he, he pays tribute to the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And he speaks specifically of MLK's assassination. Early morning, April 4, shots ring out in the Memphis sky. Free at last. They took your life. They could not take your pride. In the name of love. What more in the name of love? What is better than rooting your life in Christ as MLK did is what Houston asks us to consider. It's something to have pride in. Now, typically when you hear the word pride in church, it's kind of negative. Prideful, don't be prideful. Pride goes before the fall. Don't you know in Proverbs it says this about pride? You probably heard all of those things, right? But I think being prideful, having pride, I think it just depends on what you are proud of. And what are the roots of that pride? The thesaurus tells us that synonyms for pride are delight and honor and joy. And so today, I take delight. I am honored. I'm proud. I'm proud. To be in a basement in San Francisco, below Market Street, talking about being rooted in Christ and talking about listening to the voice of God with just a few hundred of us. I'm proud of that. And you can imagine if we choose to deeply root ourselves in Christ and we choose to deeply root ourselves in Christ and connect and link up with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to show our love to our neighbors. You can imagine if we do that Someday, there might be a parade on Market Street with millions of people celebrating God. That day is coming. That day is coming. Now, let me be clear on something, just to avoid any confusion on this. I believe that, that God loves me and you in this basement as much as anybody who might be upstairs in the parade. I believe that you and I are just as broken in our sin as every other human being who walks on the planet, whether they are Christian or not. But I also believe that God's grace is enough, and God's grace is available to everyone through Christ. 
Remember, Christ came for you and me and for all of us. He, he died for all of our sins. And he makes a way for any and all who choose him to be re- reconciled with God. So we're going to leave the judgment and the debates and the politics and the protests and the parades to others. But today I just want to declare, and I invite you to declare as well, what more in the name of love? See, I want to live a life rooted in Christ, deeply rooted in Christ. That's what I want for my family. That's what I want for my friends. That's what I want for all of you. That's what I want for our epic family. I want us to be deeply rooted in Christ. Why? So God can build up in us an amazing life. Now, let me be clear. The life God will build up in us will not be a life free of worry or free of temptation or free of sorrow. But rather, if we do this right, if we individually deeply root ourselves in Christ and then connect in community as the Redwoods do and link up with each other, it'll be something that's built up within us that allows us to endure, that allows us to have everlasting peace, that allows us to have glory for God. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up if they wouldn't mind. Um, And and as the worship team comes back up for our response time, I think there's a couple things that we could be thinking about right now. Maybe today is the day that you want to root your life in Christ. Maybe you've never done that. You're like, I've rooted my life in in fear. It hasn't worked. I've rooted my life in myself and my ego. hasn't worked. I, I want to root my life in Christ. Maybe that's your day today, and we'd love to pray with you. Or, or maybe that was a statement you could have made in the past. Hey, I used to root my life in Christ, and I want to reorient. I want to redirect. I want to reprioritize. We'd love to pray with you about that. Maybe, maybe you need to remove your roots today from those who you're rooted with right now, knowing that their roots are rooted in fear, that, that their roots are rooted in ego. And you need to root your life more clearly and more directly with other people who are rooted in Christ and be part of a godly community. Maybe that's you today, and we'd love to talk with you about that and pray with you about that. Or maybe today, very simply, you need to tell God you're proud to be rooted in him. You're proud to be rooted in him and want to be built up by him. And if that's you, we'd love to pray with you about that as well. Whatever your needs are, in whatever way the Holy Spirit is moving and stirring in your heart right now, uh, this altar is open. This altar is open. And so as, as the worship team sings in a moment, there'll be prayer leaders available to pray with you. And we'd love to have the chance to just to pray a word of the Holy Spirit over you today. And so the altar's open and members of the prayer team will be up front. As we close out, let me pray. Father God, we thank you and we praise you and we love you. And Lord, we just aspire to be deeply rooted in Christ. Lord, we, we want those, those voices of society to, to, to lessen, to quiet. And we want your voice to increase, to be louder, to be clearer, 
And, and Lord, we just ask for not only to hear your voice clearly, but we ask for your courage to respond, to, to, to obey. Lord, I thank you for my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. I thank you that in this room and those who are here at 930 and those who are watching online, among them, boy, there are deep brothers and sisters who individually and as a family, our families deeply rooted together with, and I'm just so thankful for them. Because without that deep connection, without those roots being intertwined, Lord, I don't know how I'd stand. But with those deep connections and with those deep roots, I know I can rely on them to hold me up as we do for them. And I, and I pray, Lord, that for everyone here, that they may experience that love, that they may experience that depth of connection. And Lord, today I just declare, in the name of love, what more, what more? And in the name of love. All this we ask and pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Epic Church Podcast today. If you would like to learn more, you can go to epicsf.com. I want to also encourage you to download the Epic SF app so that you can keep up with everything that God is doing in and through this community in downtown San Francisco.